Sergeant First Class Erica Lucia and I'm with the 42nd Infantry Division. My name is Corporal Jason Walsh and I'm with the 42nd Infantry Division. My name is Major Joseph Mahler, I'm from the 42nd Infantry Division. I want to know what happened on April 29th, 1945. So that's our topic for this special edition of the Spartan News. The 42nd Infantry Division, along with various other Army National Guard units, played a large role in World War II, and as a result took part in the liberation of Nazi concentration camps as they fought their way through Germany. Two such units, the 42nd and 45th Infantry Divisions, are among units that have been credited with the liberation of the infamous Dachau concentration camp on April 29, 1945. Here to talk about that and the events surrounding it is Major John Sweet, the lethal effects officer for the 115th Field Artillery Brigade, Wyoming Army National Guard. Thank you, sir, for joining us today. Sir, please tell us how you came to know about the liberation of Dachau. So I've been a teacher at uh, the K-12 and college and university level since, since I graduated from college. And uh, when I joined the uh, 157th, I took an interest in unit history, as many of us did. I've written um, unit histories uh, that we've uh, on deployments and I, I serve. And I just have a real interest in, in uh, the military history of the 45th Infantry Division. So that's how I learned about the liberation of Dachau and the 42nd and their lead role in the liberation. So April 29th marks the 75th anniversary of the liberation of Dachau. Tell us where the 42nd and the 45th were at this point and about the liberation of the camp. So the, the 42nd had been in the line since early December of 1944. They'd gotten into southern uh, France and southern Germany, south central France, southern Germany, uh, just prior to uh, the Battle of the Bulge, the Ardennes Offensive. In the southern portion of the German offensive, winter offensive was called Operation Nordwind. So they really um, encountered some heavy fighting uh, in their first initial weeks in theater. Um, so they uh, really uh, um, uh, sudden baptism of fire for them. And then they had fought their way uh, through the Siegfried line. Sir, you spoke of what the 42nd had been doing leading up to the liberation, but what about the 45th? Their partner to the south was uh, the 45th. They were in different uh, corps and they were uh, in different armies, I believe, at that time. So they were not units that had uh, interacted very much. Had been in uh, theater since 1943. They landed uh, in uh, Sicily and then in Salerno uh, in Italy. And then they'd uh, landed at um, uh, Anzio, which is a very famous and very costly uh, campaign fought in uh, south of Rome on the uh, west coast of Italy. Um, so, uh, so a very famous battle. Sir, after doing some research on this subject, I've found there appears to be some debate when it comes to the liberation of the camp. Can you explain what that's all about? Basically, whenever you learn about the liberation of Dachau, you, you, whenever you read an account, it comes from one of two perspectives. The 42nd liberated it, or third of the 157th liberated it. So I think we can maybe put some of that controversy to rest uh, today. It'd be, it'd be great. I don't think that it's that controversial as to who accepted the formal surrender of Dachau. Uh, Brigadier General Henning Linden, who was the Deputy Commanding General of the 42nd ID uh, and elements of the 42nd uh, Division's headquarters uh, element, and the 222nd Infantry Regiment, 
uh, approached Dachau from uh, basically the west uh, and northwest, and uh, I believe that is the case, and approached the, um, the, the main front gate of the, uh, of the camp. Um, and uh, they were accompanied by civilian war correspondents, a real famous uh, correspondent, Margaret uh, Higgins and others, who um, were present and recorded this. And, uh, and uh, there were lots of photographers present. Um, they accepted the surrender from an SS lieutenant. Senior leaders of the SS guards and the Waffen SS that were also garrisoned there that weren't really camp guards, they had uh, fled in the days prior, um, and so they weren't present. So most of the SS that were there were low ranking. Um, and so clearly the, uh, uh, the 42nd Division took the formal um, surrender. Simultaneously, the uh, 3rd of the 157th from the 45th Infantry Division, also a National Guard division out of uh, Oklahoma, and then uh, as well as New Mexico, Texas, and Colorado, um, they, uh, they had entered the camp um, on orders of their own, separate orders from their own division, and uh, had begun clearing the camp and uh, fighting and, and, uh, and destroying resistance from the SS uh, guards. Sort of the answer to the question, who liberated Dachau? I think it was a simultaneous liberation. And the, the fighting, the capturing of the camp itself was a minor thing in the annals of the 3rd of the 157th or the 42nd. Uh, really, the, the service was in, um, was in the, the care provided to the, uh, to the to these thousands and thousands of inmates. So um, it's clear that uh, there's enough credit to go around for, for everyone. Um, in fact, the Center for uh, Military History, the Army Center for Military History, uh, lists over a dozen different units that uh, receive credit for um, having participated in the liberation of the Dachau concentration camp. I think that settles the controversy. Elements from both divisions freed thousands of prisoners, and at the end of the day, I think we can all agree, the most important thing was those who experienced unimaginable horrors were now free thanks to the efforts of American soldiers. With that said, what was it like for the soldiers? What was it like for those soldiers who witnessed these horrific scenes? What toll did this experience take? Veterans of the one five, of third of the one five seventh, uh, many decades later, describe uh, the scene as well. You could smell it long before you could see it. They approach boxcars, and here are these boxcars, some of which are are uh, piled waist high or chest high of with bodies. Um, this was something that they were not expecting. They weren't prepared for. And again, these were hardened combat vets who had been recently in, in some uh, desperate combat with uh, real dead-ender um, uh, SS units and, and Folkstrom units that were driven by Gestapo overseers. They thought they'd pretty much seen it all. And instead, um, they're gonna encounter, you know, the greatest crime of, uh, in human history, basically. They were kind of overcome by emotion because here in this camp, not only are there thousands of bodies, but there are 10,000 starving people behind wire. This was, again, something they had never uh, expected to encounter, had never envisioned. Nobody had ever envisioned the sights and sounds of the Holocaust prior to, prior to 1945, except for the people that perpetrated it and the, the victims of it. So the people of the free world were largely 
unaware of the extent of the Third Reich's war crimes. Uh, and these GIs on the front line were themselves. Um, so they didn't understand, they didn't know who are these people behind these fences, um, but they knew that the people were elated to be, to be uh, liberated. Well, sir, thank you for joining us today. And thank you for showing the important contributions Army National Guard soldiers made during World War II. For more information on the Holocaust, you can go to the United States Holocaust Museum website at ushmm.org. Or for more information on the history of the New York Army National Guard's 42nd Infantry Division, you can visit the New York Army National Guard's website at dmna.ny.gov forward slash ARNG forward slash 42DIV forward slash. I'm your host, Army Master Sergeant Thomas Wheeler, and that concludes this episode of the Spartan News. Thanks for joining us.